everyone, and welcome to New Way, the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. I'm your host, Sarah Hayden. How do we live with integrity and faith in the relentless chaos of our time? How do we interrogate privileges that benefit those of us who live in white skin and systematically disenfranchise those who don't, especially those of us who are black? You may listen to this season of New Way and find yourself wondering why a podcast about faith and ecclesiology is spending so much time naming injustice. We hope you'll explore that tension, along with the question, why do we as people of faith impose limits on God's justice and mercy? Welcome to season five. Many of you know we started this podcast to celebrate and examine the relationships between people, our communities, and the ways that context shapes faith. But in the year and a half since we first launched this podcast, we are living in a new world. Many of us are now back to school and work, but none of us are back to normal. We ask you to join us as we listen, engage, and pose tough questions to ourselves and to you, our listeners. Our aim is to prompt faithful action and invite imagination about a more faithful church and world that could emerge in the months and years to come. We welcome those of you who are newly joining us. We're glad you're here. I wanted true, raw emotion. Like, I, I really knew that this moment was monumental, that it was a part of history, yeah. and that their mom is a part of it, but I chose to make them a part of history. I wanted to do something that showed their black faces, you know, smiling and happy and showing their innocence and showing their dreams. In today's conversation, the way of an artist Ashley Nora joins us, the self-taught, incredibly talented painter, muralist, and mother who most recently joined 17 other Indianapolis-based Black artists to create the Black Lives Matter mural on Indiana Avenue downtown. In this episode, part one of our conversation together, where we discuss the gift of her grandmother Nora's faith, white privilege and going high when others go low, and how the same stuff that happens in the world is right smack in the middle of the church sometimes. Let's listen in. Ashley, I feel so honored to have this time with you, and we're so very excited to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. I am excited to be here. Thank you so much for reaching out. When you said, hey, I would love to talk about God and faith, I'm like, yes, anything that has to do with God, I always try to say yes. I also appreciate a little bit hearing about the origin of your artist's name, and I'm wondering if that might be a good place for us to start this conversation, I would love knowing to. that you, your given name was not Nora, but your <laughs> artist's name is Ashley Nora. Yes, I would love to talk about that. So the name Nora is actually my grandmother's name, and growing up, she was the head of our home, of course, the matriarch. Like, she was so incredible, and out of everyone in my family, she was the only one who practiced faith, who practiced Christianity. And she lived the life. She was holy and she treated people with respect. And no matter if they were poor, if they were rich, it did not matter. She showed everyone kindness and she had such a big heart. Everyone in the neighborhood looked up to her. She is amazing. And she passed away in 2013. But I told her before she passed that I would do everything in my power to make her name live on. So I really wanted a, a son <laughs> to name him Noah. Um, her dad had six girls, and he just knew that she was going to be a boy. That was going to be his Noah. Mm. And um, she came out, and he said, oh, well, it would be Nora. So I told her, I said, well, you know, I'm going to have a son, and his name would be Noah. 
<laughs> and I'm going to make sure your name lives on because I just admire you so much. But I didn't. God gave me two girls. And when my art took off, I said, wow, you know, God put me in a position to still make her name live on. And this can actually live on forever, even after my death. This art can live on forever and her name will be forever. And any opportunity that I get to talk about her, I will, because I'm literally here because of her. And I am where I am spiritually because of the seeds that she planted in me as a child. And she talked about God and I'm just like, hmm, but she talked about hope. And she talked about like, no matter what you go through, no matter your situation, no matter what family you're born into, there is a God who is there for each and every one of us and whenever you need something or someone you call on God and it will be provided to you and I held on to that because I didn't grow up in the greatest home I grew up with a lot of trauma and a lot of pain but I knew that whenever I was in pain or whenever I was hurting that there was a God who was listening Mm. and there was a God who would deliver me from that hurt and that pain and the reason I go so hard (laughs) if I could just be half of the woman who she was I know that like how many people lives that she's changed just by her heart and her giving and her witness and the way she just carried her life I want to do that I want to be used like she was used and I'm just thankful to be here because of her and I want her name to live on forever (laughs) forever (laughs) amen you mentioned something last time we talked about living in the overflow and that makes me think about Nora McInnes and and did you experience that with her those nights that you went I visit Sunday evenings sometimes you were able to go to her house and be free and um it was awesome um just being around her gave me peace And that just shows me like your presence and just who you are, your anointing on your life, you being so full and in their overflow. When someone just comes into your presence, they can feel the joy of the Lord. They can feel the peace of God. And when you're done with that conversation, like she would, I would come in and she's like, come here, let me anoint your head with oil. Mm -hmm. Like she would just anoint my head with oil and she would pray over me every time I came to her house and we would have church. And she would say like, you know, Ashley, get up and, and say something and tell us what God has done for you. And when I was little, I'm just like, well, my life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> done anything for like, mm-hmm. And she's like, no, are you breathing? Yes, ma'am. Then he's giving you grace. You have another day to live right. And you have another day to get it right. You have another day. That's grace. Can you walk? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. And she's like, well, there's some people who can't even walk. And she was like, baby, you can walk and, and you can move and you're smart. And she would just speak so much life and change my thinking mm-hmm. from something negative to, and she would say, no, whenever you're down, you think about the goodness of the Lord. You count all the things that you could be grateful for. And I'm just like, yes, ma'am. And it changed my thinking as a child. So even as I grew up, no matter what was going on around me, I'm just like, man, I have another day. Tomorrow just may be a great day. Today kind of sucks, but tomorrow, if God allowed me to wake up again, there's purpose there. I may learn something. I may get something. Tomorrow, I may smile. Like, when I tell you, oh, my goodness, (laughs) she's just awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the reason 
I am anybody who talks to me anybody like they'll say the same thing like why are you always happy like the world around you is crazy and you know it is I cry I hurt I'm an empath when other people hurt it's a burden on my heart for them but I also know that I serve a God who can do anything. I do not have limits on God. He is such a big God. I do not put him in a box. I truly believe that injustice can change. And some people are just like, this is a fight that we'll be fighting for the rest of our lives. And I'm like, maybe that's so. But I still have faith that God can change hearts. I still have faith because God is a forgiving God. You know, it doesn't matter how much hate. It doesn't matter if you're a racist. God will still can still touch your heart just like he did Paul in the Bible. (laughs) You can literally persecute others and God still have a purpose for you, a destiny for you. That is in our story. I truly believe that. Yeah. You um, when you moved to Indianapolis and growing up in Mississippi and you moved after Katrina, right? Yes, I did. You and your mom and the first day that you were in school you had decided to oh, kind of yeah. have an, an orth, maybe an orthodox conversation with yes. the first person you met would you yes you okay that story? so this is definitely my testimony so um again the only time I got to experience church in Mississippi was when I went to my grandmother's house she was a minister um but outside of that I didn't you know in, in my home with my mom and my stepfather we um never you know, we didn't go to church. We didn't have Bibles in the home. Um, it wasn't anything like that. But I always, she taught me how to pray. She just, you know, she just, she just was such a holy and great person. And when we moved and when me and my mom came to Indiana, I kind of felt free. I was like, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to be able to go to church. So we moved two weeks before school started. And I told God, I prayed and I said, God, thank you so much for allowing me to move from, you know, my situation. Thank you for allowing me to start, you know, even though I'm 17 years old, you know, I still, I just thank you so, so much, you know, for delivering me out of that situation. So I came and I said, God, the first person that sits by me in class, my first class, I'm going to ask them if they go to church and if they're due, I'm going to invite myself. And I spoke this and I told God, I said, Lord, please, just the first person. So my first period class, I went to school and a girl, she sat next to me. I didn't even really notice that she had a skirt on or anything like that. I just turned to her and I asked her, I said, hey, I know this may be a little weird. My name is Ashley. Um, Do you go to church? And she was like, yes, yes, I do. I'm actually a very active member in my church. I sing in the choir like I love God and I love church. And I said, well, and I invited myself. I said, well, do you mind if I can come to church with you? And she said, well, of course course we have bible study wednesday or church on sunday i was like i want to go to the first service that i can Mm -hmm. i will go to your bible study like that was my heart for god i didn't even want to wait for sunday i wanted to go as soon as i could Mm -hmm. and she said my mom and dad which was the assistant pastor and she's like my mom and dad will come and pick you up and i was like okay so they picked me up for bible study and you know when i walked in i felt so like wow like oh my god you know i can go to church and i just can't wait i have 17 years of pain and trauma on me i just can't wait to get out i just want to exhale finally and um i went to church and when the when they start the pastor went up and started teaching it was it literally made tears come to my eyes because it reminded me of my grandmother so much the teachings that she taught about Jesus and about him you know one us having one God and I just was like wow this is what my grandmother taught like what like this isn't you know every church there's different denominations there's different you know interpretations but 
this is what my grandmother preached and taught and holiness and being separate from the world. And, and I just was like, Oh wait, wow, this is it. This is my church. This is where I'm going to be. And from that moment on, I said, God, I'm going to do everything in my power. I want to be saved. I want to be yours. I want to every service. I want to be here. Anything that I can do that I can touch, I want to touch is for you. If, if it's to sing in a choir, if it's to usher, if it's to help clean the church, I don't care what it is, but any way that I can be of service to you, I'm going to dedicate my life to you because I know that it's possible. I've seen someone, my grandmother, live a life that was holy and acceptable for the Lord, a church without spot or wrinkle, like literally have no hate in her heart, the most kindest person in the world. But I felt that and I knew that it was God. To this day, no one can ever say, Ashley, God is not real. Well, yes, he is. He had this written before I was ever in my mother's womb that I would be who I am and I would be here in Indiana right now and that I was delivered from everything that I went through in Mississippi and to just come here and to experience the the Lord like I've never experienced him before in my life and to see his manifestations come through in my life. And I know that it's not even done. I, I know that there's so much more work to be done and I'm excited. Yeah. I think you have this um, extraordinary capacity to be focused on the work that's in front of you and the possibilities and hope and resilience in a time when I think for a lot of folks, including maybe especially people of faith, we say like, it's just too complex, Mm -hmm. you know, our theology or to square the idea that the things that happen outside the church Mm -hmm. are the same things that happen inside the church. As you said, like, you get the impression you said last week. Some people don't think there are black people in heaven. You that, know, you only white people in heaven. Yes. And then, like, what do you do with that? Or do you just kind of look? I don't got time for this. I'm going to move forward and exercise the work that's in front of me. I'm not here to do somebody else's work. Or you know, I don't know how you. Yes, I just I try to be the example, mm-hmm. and I notice that actions speak a lot more than words and and that's that's so true you know we can try to be the best witness that I've experienced is just being an example is literally saying hey like there are people in the church this is literally what they're saying oh just pray for it you Mm -hmm. know it is what it is we just focused on here come to church on Sunday let's go to Bible study let's do this and it's so easy for us to block out the negativity because that's not our story or you know it's not our experiences and I don't think that that's okay because all everywhere in the Bible, God, he looked for the orphan. He looked for the widow. He helped the oppressed. That was his ministry to help those that, that needed him, the oppression, the, the things. But I really feel like, you know, for me, not just it's not just focusing on what's in front of me mm-hmm. is I have to what can I do to change it? We have to sit back and say, well, what can I do? And for me, I know that what I can do is how I raise my daughters. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm putting in them. I'm putting hope and I'm putting kindness and I'm telling them no matter the negativity of other people, you hold your head up. You trust in the God that can save you. Trust in the God that can help you, the God that can deliver you. I have to literally focus on God. That is I know it sounds so cliche, but that's what I have to focus on. Mm-hmm. I have to say, well, sometimes I'm like, well, how would God handle this? 
you know, like, well, what would he do? And I will, and sometimes I don't have the answers. I have to fast, like not just pray. Sometimes I have to literally fast and say, God, I'm going to, you know, not eat until you give me an answer and tell me what I can do and how I can change. But I feel like not just outside of me, but even you, how can you use your privilege? Mm-hmm. And I know that sucks to hear sometimes because some people are just like, what do you mean privilege? But <laughs> seriously, what Let's can talk you about do? It. Let's talk about yeah. privilege. I don't mm-hmm. have the same privileges that you do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it sucks, even though we're both women yeah. and you don't have the same privileges as a white man, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because you're a woman, but you do have privilege and you can do things that I may necessarily can't do. Yeah. And, and that's just how it is. But I think the biggest thing to my white friends and my white counterparts and I say, well, how can you want to help? And they're like, yes, what can I do? Use your privilege. You speak out. People are more, they're going to listen to you. If you say, Hey, this doesn't seem right. I don't know about this. Like something is wrong. They're going to listen to you. That's how we can, you know, affect change is to use our privilege and use, use our voices. Yeah, we've got some real examining of the conscience and the soul to do, especially white Americans, yes. especially those who think like, oh, that's too bad, or oh, it just makes it's just so hard to listen to. It's so hard to hear that there's a real anemia and a real lack of involvement. I'd love to talk about the letters that were painted across Indiana Avenue, which is a historically significant place. It's it's across from the Madam C.J. Walker Theater in downtown Indianapolis. It's a place where I would say, uh, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, in a, in a renewing way, the city is beginning to acknowledge the ways in which black folks who had moved to Indianapolis had mm-hmm. built and uplifted, including C.J. Walker, the economy of the area, the building up of the city. And at the same time, those same Americans of color, people of color are displaced from that yes. area in the city. And so Black Lives Matter was a commission, was a participation of 18 artists who came out and each painted a different letter along Indiana Avenue a couple of months ago. Eight weeks ago. Eight weeks ago. Yeah. You mentioned your two daughters. I thought, let's start with the origin of the mural and the experience of painting the mural, because there's several phases to the story, right? So like, if you can transport yourself to that moment of like, I actually, as not being an artist, I'm not sure how you all decided who painted what letter okay. and who was a part of this um, commissioning. The organizers of the event, they posted something online and said that, you know, the city finally approved it. We had to go ahead and they were looking for artists. And a few people um, tagged me in the post and I was just like, you know what, I'm going to leap out on faith. And I know this could be a little scary because it's putting your art on public display to mm-hmm. be really ridiculed it can be praised you you just don't know how the public will react but what can I do how can I have creative activism what can I use my my gifts to say hey to highlight this movement and I asked I was just like I would love to be one of the artists and the organizer I think there were 75 people I think who wanted to be a part of it and they saw my art and they're like yeah I would love for you to be a part you know to do this and soon as I got the word that night I I was like Lord um, one of my, my prayer was God I want your Holy Spirit to come through it you tell me what to paint you use my hands you use my vision give me the creative vision what can I do to amplify a message of hope 
and not anything sad and somber, not anything to make us mad because we're always mad. We're Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. hurting because every single day there's injustice and there's nothing we can do about Mm -hmm. it. No matter how hard I scream or I cry or I say, that's not right. God wouldn't do that. It doesn't matter because it still happens. But I wanted to how can I make this hopeful? I had a dream that very night, the same day that I knew that I was going to be a part of it. And letters wise, um, she asked us, what letters would you like? You know, give a couple options. And I really wanted R. Hmm. So my maiden name was McKinnis, but uh, my name is Ashley Robinson. And my daughter's last name is Robinson. So Journey and Araya Robinson. And I wanted something, a letter that I can tie, you know, them into. I was just like, man, I would really love the R. And she gave it to me Hmm. so that kind of gave me the confirmation that I needed like okay you know so okay this is art I'm gonna dedicate it to them had no idea I was gonna paint them or anything so that night I had a dream and in my dream God showed me what I was gonna do I saw the sky I saw a sky and us looking up and I was like, okay, the sky is my background. I need something looking up, you know, for us to look up to the hills from which cometh our help. I had the two fists um, in us looking up in the sky. And on the wrist, I had my oldest daughter, Journey, and the other, Araya. And all I kept seeing was in my dream, I kept seeing them grow up. And like they weren't babies anymore. It's like I saw them turn into young adults and when I woke up out of my dream I was like that's it I want my babies to grow up and to live in a world that they can become anything they want to be I want them to literally whatever dream that they have I want it to come to fruition no matter what they want to do I want them to grow up in a world that does not look at their skin but look at their soul look at their qualifications that they can get an education without a racist teacher that they can get in a job and they don't have to deal with less pay than their counterparts you know like they can get in a job and actually be the best that they can and people respect them for their work and I knew that I wanted to paint a letter and I wanted to be of hope that black dreams matter and black futures matter Mm -hmm. and that God's hands are literally upon our children and it's our job like I tell people all the time they're like well what's your purpose I know my purpose you know especially when it comes to art but I tell people all the time well my the main thing is God literally wants me to be the overseer of my two daughters because they're special Mm -hmm. and they have something like my daughter's name Araya it means lioness of God her name is Araya Grace and I'm like that name that you know I know God gave me I'm just like I don't know but I know her name means lioness of God I know that God created her in my womb for a purpose for a ministry bigger than me it's my job to teach her about God it's my job to let her know that she can be and do anything that everything that she touches can be blessed if you have have a heart and you you believe and you speak these things into existence and my oldest daughter she oh my goodness she's so loving and she's so pure and she reminds me a lot of my grandmother like sometimes I just look at her and cry like wow like you guys are amazing if you ever were just around them for five minutes your heart would be so full you would not be able to stop <laughs> smiling they are so um, and I'm just like wow my biggest purpose and mission in life is to raise my daughters because they're great like they're greater than I like they're so amazing and um so I tell people all the time like that is a big thing and I think 
the biggest thing that I can preach or teach to others is watch the way that we raise our children, the things that we speak over them. And like I said, my grandmother used to tell me all the time, you're special. God has something amazing for you. Like, and she would just cry sometimes and joy and praise God and speak in tongues. And just, just by saying like, God showed me, she never told me what it was. Mm. That was between her and God. Mm. But she told me that I was special. She told me that God had his hand on me and that something, something big would come out of it, that God is going to be seen through you. And that it's only for God. She never said, you know, not our hey, baby. It's, it's not about you. It's about God. It's about how God can use you. And because she put that in me, as I got older, I didn't depart from it. So I know no matter what opportunities come, it's not because I it was my work. It was because God chose me to be one of those artists. There's a video on your Instagram page mm-hmm. uh, that was recorded when Journey and Araya came to see the mural and to see the R that you had painted and the realization that it kind of takes a moment, like, who painted me? Who knew right. me and put me who on it? You me? said it was mommy. I did it. <laughs> I painted that. And the range of emotions that they experience in figuring out that you did it, that it was a depiction of them and also the their dreams of what they want to be when they grow up. Yes. Um, it was amazing. So I kept it a secret from them. They had no idea. They just knew that they had to go to grandma's house that weekend. And I, I never told them anything because my oldest daughter, if you tell her anything, she will, <laughs> mommy, mommy, huh? What? It didn't happen yet? Is yeah. it tomorrow? Is it today? <laughs> so I, I just kept it a secret because I wanted true raw emotion like I I really knew that this moment was monumental that it was a part of history and that their mom is a part of it but I chose to make them a part of history I wanted to do something and that showed their black faces you know smiling and happy and showing their innocence and showing their dreams and my oldest daughter she wants to be a dentist because she just loves smiles she's such a (laughs) smiley baby and she's just like mommy I just want every Everybody to love their smile I just want everybody to smile all the time and I know if they have nice teeth that they would want to smile and show people so this is a real desire of hers like and I put that on there because I'm like I don't care even if it changes next year and she wants to be a firefighter (laughs) like whatever you want to be I want you to do that wholeheartedly because if that's your dream mommy is living her dream so I want to make sure you live yours too because the place of peace that I'm in there's nothing like it in the world I was like okay Okay, I'm just recorded. I want to see how they feel. So my oldest daughter, she was confused. She was like, wait a minute. That's me? Yeah, who, this is so who painted me? <laughs> and who did this? And as she did that, like my other daughter was pulling my hand and she saw her picture. And so I said, Journey, mommy painted that. She was like, oh. <gasps> mommy did it you did it like in such shock so when I showed Araya she was she's like that's me I said who is that she's like me I said who is me she's like Araya and I asked her if she liked it and before she could do anything she just hugged my neck so tight and in my ear she said thank you mommy you're the best and I was full of emotion because they're just like you came out here in front of all of these people and my face is here for everybody to see like that is awesome and I wanted them to be a part of it so I painted their hands and I allowed them to put their handprints there and it was so significant and so powerful and they were so excited like if you see the video you see the smile they're just like ah this is so cool and they put their handprints there and 
the most awesome thing from that though is actually seeing um a lot of people tag me in posts of their children getting down on their their knees and comparing their handprints to my children oh and I was just like, wow, that's that's so awesome. It was such a great depiction. It was a, a, a white little girl. And she was like, oh, mommy, she wants to be a painter. I want to be a painter. And she got down. She said, can I put my hands? And she compared her hands. And I was just like, wow, it's not about color. Literally, she didn't see color. She didn't. She was just like, she saw that she wanted to be a painter and that she was a little girl just like her. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the emotions that I wanted to evoke. And when they came to see it, people were excited. They're like, oh my goodness, like, look, they're happy, they're smiling. Look at the handprints. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that there, and it's just amazing to, to see the good come from it. You know, yes. it's easy to block out the bad when you, you do see some a lot of the positive. Mm-hmm. And to say that not only do black dreams matter, they are inspiring. And, you know, people who see their dreams yes. reach for those as well and That's find awesome. their own. Yeah. We'll be back next week with part two of our conversation with Ashley. In the meantime, you can see her art in the letter R of the Black Lives Matter mural in downtown Indy at a special exhibit at the Indianapolis Art Center now through November 6th and online on Instagram at Ashley, N-O-R-A underscore art. Thank you for listening to New Way, podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. If today's conversation inspires you to take concrete steps to address some of the injustices we've talked about in this season's podcast, we commend to you the Matthew 25 vision and invitation of the Presbyterian Church USA which seeks to unite congregations working to dismantle structural racism across our society. Find out more about it at presbyterianmission.org slash Matthew-25. Thank you for listening to New Way, podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. We're online at newchurchnewway.org. Our producer is the fabulous Martha Ames Sanders. You can see stories and photos from the humans who make up this movement on Instagram at 1001 NWC PC USA. Catch you next time.